Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Project Sports. My name's Tim Doyle, and again on the show, the returning guest that we've had the most on the show, Caleb Maciel. Welcome back to the show again. What's up? How's it going? It's going good. I'm hanging in there. And we've got a lot of good news that came out today for in the world of sports. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, signing with Manchester United. Huge, huge story uh, for you and I personally. And then, you know, everyone else who is into football and soccer. Um, and then also we're going to talk about the NFL today. Patriots, Cam Newton, uh, Mac Jones, who's going to win that battle and maybe start week one or where that transition may come during the season, topics like that. And then we're going to get into a little bit of fantasy, maybe our own rosters. Uh, Caleb and I are both in a somewhat of a keeper league together. And we're going to just break down our rosters and maybe talk about some of the moves we might make or going forward into the draft, who players we might take. So we're just going to roll with it tonight and have fun. But I guess we'll start off with Cristiano Ronaldo. How shocked are you this morning to wake up to start seeing the rumors that it switched from Manchester City to Manchester United, Caleb? Yeah, that was crazy. Like, I, w- I was pretty shocked because I thought the Manchester City thing was a done deal already based on the reports and stuff that was coming out the day the day before. And then out of nowhere, it's like talks broke down. He's not signing with Man City. And then Man U just, like, came out of nowhere and, and swooped him up. It was like, yeah, it was a crazy turn of events for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, Man City, you know, I'm not even sure what the real storyline is here. I can just because this transfer rumors and in soccer in Europe, they're just never consistent. Like you hear one thing and then something completely else can happen. And they said that they were like concrete information or someone giving out info. And so for me, it's like Juventus. It was weird because it. OK, let's say we'll, we'll, we'll roll back a couple weeks and Ronaldo's getting mad at the media saying, hey, you know, you know, please don't talk bad about me and my club or what I'm doing or transferring or not and all these things. Obviously, trying to say like he was going to stay at Juventus, it kind of seemed like, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I don't like people bad talking about me. And then all of a sudden, fast forward, and then a day and a half, all these rumors are flying, and then boom, he's gone, just like that. And then I I start to wonder if Manchester City really even had a chance in in this or if they – really had serious talks or they, they said there was a bid and they gave a number like 33 million for a transfer fee and then a contract that it was denied and then man said he said they weren't going to pursue and then all of a sudden when moments later all of a sudden he's going to manchester united so i don't know if i believe like the full story of the reports that come in and people saying certain things i think that they're guessing as much as um as we are and uh you made a great point there needs to be a, a woge Wojnowski uh, sent over to, you know, the, the world of football because no one seems to have a handle on it. There's a, there's a guy on Twitter, Brandon referred me to, and I've been watching his things. But pretty much he doesn't he just reports what's actually happening in real time or he's the first one to like report it. But there's no like leads like there's no guy that breaks news for soccer. That's a lead. And yeah, so. How do we think that Manchester United changes because of this signing of Cristiano Ronaldo and the return to his his uh, his youth days? Yeah, de- I mean, it definitely propels them up, I think, to be a, a top three team. And, you know, just to, I think just for like the future of me and you, it, it probably 
helps even more with the young guys being able to learn underneath Ronaldo, you know, like Greenwood and Sancho and Rashford, all those crazy young players that Manu already has. Now they got they can go and they can see Ronaldo, how he practices, how he trains, which obviously that's second to none. Um, so yeah, I think for the long run it's gonna be huge for for me and for me and you. And Ronaldo still he still got some left in the tank. So I think he makes them better for sure now and even in the future. Yeah, I think this is probably the best thing that could have happened to Man United. Um, be, just because in recent years we've seen a downturn in their production of winning trophies and being on the right path to success. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo adds, you know, world world status to their team. Uh, you know, it gives the players massive morale. It gives the fans massive morale. Um, it, was, it was a great decision by Man United pursuing this hard and, and getting him in here as quick as possible. I mean, this completely changes the landscape of Europe in football, and it, all, it also, you know, completely changes the landscape of the Premier League. Now it's, now you look at Man United and you go, okay, okay so yesterday, as of yesterday, you look at it and you're like, they may be able to win the league, um, maybe, but Manchester City is, you know, the, the front runners, Liverpool is still strong, and Chelsea looks really good. But now it's like you insert Ronaldo, like you said, a very good Ronaldo still for fairly deadly, you know, and adding it to the mix of other young players and young talent that United has. This is going to be propelling them forward. The left is just, for me, well, all this that's left is just going out in there and getting it done. And if Vereen and Maguire, you know, stand tall and they actually unite quickly and play very well, this team could be amazing going forward. And, and it should be scary to the rest of the league. And obviously you guys know I'm a huge Liverpool fan, so I, I, I'm not, I don't like to support United at all. So this is coming from a very unbiased opinion, and I feel like that United has everything to grow from this. And Man City and other teams and Chelsea are going to have to take this team seriously now, and they should be contenders for the Champions League and to win the Premier League. I think they can do both. But just because of how much talent they have and how much depth they have on the bench, they are loaded, and now they just added a world superstar onto the team, and it's 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 game changer for the Premier League. And now we all get to watch Ronaldo more, which I think is great for for us. Not that like not a lot of people watch the CRR or has easy access to it. There are ways you can watch it, but I think for the Premier League, it's much easier access, even for highlights or talked about more. I feel like Ronaldo is finally back in soccer for me. That's just how I feel. I feel like he's been MIA for a little bit as I was roughly joking earlier in the group chat <laughs> uh, to Chris, but I feel like, you know, he's been gone for a bit. So I think that's good. I think that's good that he's, uh, you know, in the Premier League, playing in England, top club. And this is, this is good for us. I mean, we remember back to, you know, 2008, you know, that reigning time of Sir Alex Ferguson, right, Caleb, and just, uh, just loving those moments at Manchester United, um, seeing them, you know, progress and, the, you know, the, the I know you don't like the you know the golden years, but <laughs> our high school years of, of watching soccer, you know, and then having that yeah. nostalgia of seeing Ronaldo in a United uniform is pretty cool. It is it is pretty cool. I guess bring me back to some bad memories though, because I also hated United growing up. That's I true. So them. did I. <laughs> but it is cool to see him back at United though, for sure. And yeah, that team is so stacked. Like, just looking at their lineup is crazy. Their back four is also going to be crazy. Their attack, you got Pogba in there just running the show as well. Like, that's that's a really, really good team if they can put it together. So how does this fare for the powers that lie across Europe now? Do you see the landscape to be much different? I mean, obviously in soccer, 
even underdog teams or teams that don't have stars can always win, especially in Champions League. But going forward, I mean, England and Paris and Germany seem like the front runners as far as, you know, maybe more of a chance to reach the Final Four and make it. Have we seen a big shift in the Spanish teams not being the powers anymore? And, and how do you feel about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for the last, I don't know, 10 years maybe, it was... It's kind of known that uh, Barcelona and Madrid are the two teams to beat, and now that's that's definitely shifted over to to the EPL, to Liverpool, Man City, Man United now, and then you got PSG who just you know just just signed Messi, so they got to be up there, and yeah, I don't know, it's kind of weird, it's kind of a weird phase where it's not Barcelona and Madrid anymore, mm-hmm. but. You know, that could also change very quickly if Madrid can secure uh, Mbappe, which that's the rumors still going on, too. So that was my thought. Waiting, waiting to hear what happens with that. And if that happens, then, you know, I guess Madrid is right back. No, I mean, I wouldn't say like right back where they were, but they, you know, in the step in that direction of being that powerhouse team that these kids, these young guys that are growing up, they like, they always say they dream to play for Madrid. That's like their childhood dream to go play for Barcelona or Madrid. And well, I, mean, I know we were debating the other day, maybe in the group chat, if that's still the thing, if that's still yeah. like, you know, what these these guys want to do. So I th- I think Mbappe is really going to answer that question, and then you got um, uh, I can't think of his name, uh, Holland, in Dortmund. See like what he does. He's also rumored to go to Madrid. I heard. Um, C- yeah, so City has heavy interest in him as well. Yeah, right. I mean, those. I feel like the EPL is always going to be up there and. They're always going to have the interest to to pick up these guys, but we'll see where they go. Though, what where they choose to go is going to be huge, I think. And we'll see if it's still if it's still Madrid and Barcelona, or if they're moving on to the EPL to kind yeah. of take over the ring. Two two players that I think are glaring uh, coming in the future is the definitely the Mbappe signing. Wherever he goes, the chips will fall. So like if Mbappe. So right now, I think kids growing up that what they're seeing is Man City dominating Chelsea. Liverpool, uh, Bayern Munich, and in some other clubs. And the shift is, I wouldn't say, because still Barcelona, Real in the last 10 years has been good. And Ronaldo, you know, recently won, you know, five Champions League trophies with Real Madrid. So, like, it's still fresh in most young young players' heads that they're a, a great club. But right now, Mbappe is huge. I think Mbappe has to be signed by Real Madrid, and Pedri has to become a superstar in the next year or two and for those teams for players to want to go to those teams and continue that greatness because if if we see Mbappe go to Liverpool or go to City or go to Bayern or whatever they choose to do or stay at PSG we're we're not going to see we I wonder what will happen I mean obviously there's always young talents that can come up within their own ranks too but the Titans right now, I mean, the chips are where they are. I mean, Liverpool has signed a lot of their stars this year um, to long-term contracts, and they're secured. And, uh, you know, we saw people leave Barcelona, and then we're going to see pretty much all the, you know, the staples of Real Madrid have left. And I think a shift, a huge shift in in Europe has happened, and I think Mbappe will be the the biggest deal. If he, if he goes to Real Madrid, I think that people will probably go play with him. And young kids will still want to go there if Mbappe's there and then other, um, you know, 
just to play with him in, in La Liga too. And I've always said that La Liga is probably an easier league to play in, not because of maybe the talent a bit, because uh, it's a very, very talented league, but because you don't have to play in so many cup games and you get more time off in December. And the, the Premier League and all the cups that they have to do, is just really daunting on the body. Right. And it's, it's not a place that maybe all players want to play in and they want to, you know, play top level. I think that's what's smart that Cristiano and Messi did for so long was to stay in that league because it probably helped their body a lot. For sure. It's a different style of play too, I think. Yeah, for sure. Compared to the EPL. I don't know. That's just how I view it. I feel like, you know, the Spanish soccer is different than the English soccer, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Maybe those, those top teams is not that different, but when you're playing... You know the mid-level, lower teams. No, no, no. It's just, it's, defi- it's definitely it's definitely much different. Like when you watch La Liga and you watch the Sierra, like it's it's way different. But then, like when you watch them play against each other in the Champions League, then it's more, I would say it's more English style. It's it's a little bit more. They let things go as far as fouls, people in their face, or a little bit more roughhouse, sort of like the Premier League is. And then like right. it's more stylistic. And uh, pretty in La Liga and Sierra, a, and you're getting, be- sure. you know, different things. Like, oh, for example, when we see what Memphis Depay did, and, and he, you know, flicked that ball up and around, and then, you know, blasted it into the back of the net. Like, so, some right. of the skill level, you have more time because people are less aggressive on defense. They're more uh, defensive minded in different ways. It's not bad. It's just different. They, they take is, a yeah. different approach. The, the other thing is also like a lot of players from. South America, like Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, those players they tend to go to Spain and Italy mm-hmm. more than more so than the, the Premier League. I would think it's just it's just the culture wise and language wise is easier to adapt to those places than it is to England uh, for someone from South America. I would think as well. Um, so you know, like that style of soccer is more in the La Liga and in the Serie A than it is. In the EPL, although I feel like that's changing a little bit, it is as well. Like the like a lot of players are just going to the EPL, so I don't know. That's they've definitely some, changing. They've they've got some big staples from the Brazilian and the Portuguese players now. I mean, pretty much Wolves is is like a huge Portuguese club, pretty much in England. Right. Uh, like most of their roster and their coaching staff, even the uh, the main coach went left for Spurs, but then the the guy who was the assistant came in. He's also Portuguese. And then, uh, you know, Fernandinho, Fabinho, I mean, huge staples in the Premier League, in my opinion. And uh, what do you got, Gabriel Jesus and some stars. But, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's definitely changing. It hasn't always been like that, but yeah, it's definitely stylistically pretty different. Um, so what do we think? We were talking about Liverpool a little bit in the, in, in the chat, and uh, I think that Liverpool, for me, is you gotta you got to take them out uh, with VVD, you know, they, I still got to see the matchups. I don't like to call it how it is. Chemistry is a big thing. And even with Ronaldo going to United, I mean, oh, Ronaldo seems to be able to fit with anyone. And I've seen it over and over again where he just seamlessly, he plays his style and everyone plays with him. And he's one of the most uplifting players you can play with. Every, so you see him on the pitch. He's just, he's, he's, a, he's a workhorse and he wants to make it work. And he makes, he, he works with what he has. So I'm not too worried about it, but obviously you still want to see that matchup because Klopp is a very good manager. And then seeing Chelsea against them, uh, Liverpool has always fared well against Chelsea. And now into tomorrow, they're going to play against each other and we'll see for sure. And I could be wrong, but I still think Liverpool has the edge, even though they won Champions League last year. Cool. We won two years ago and we won the Premier League as well. So with that side and some people talk about, they were talking about depth and losing um, 
Ginny Wijnaldum, and he, he played a lot of games last year, but he wasn't a starter for the most part. And I just think Liverpool has what it takes to, to continue to win unless proven wrong. And City is like really their opponent that they, they you know, tie or, or actually win sometimes and they lose sometimes. City is really the team for me that's still to beat. They're still the number one. You got to take them out. They score so many goals and they're very creative. Pep's got a good team there and everything runs through Kevin De Bruyne. And when they play well, they're pretty hard to beat. So for me, I still think Liverpool's in the mix. So you, you disagree? No, I. So in the group chat earlier, I was definitely trying to troll you, saying, "Oh, Liverpool is <laughs> falling behind. They're, you know, they're not keeping up with Man City and Man U or whatever." But which that I mean, there's there's an element of truth to that. That's why it was funny, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're still up there. That for sure, they're they're a contender definitely. I I agree that Man City is a team to beat, and we can't forget about Chelsea either. The mm-hmm. European champions, yep. they're they're in the mix. And I think it's just those those four teams. Maybe there'll be a fifth team, maybe Spurs or definitely not Arsenal, but maybe Spurs will will surprise some people. Yeah. Um, With getting Kane yeah. back, which is which is great for them. But yeah, that's that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. How you feel about Kane staying in in, in Tottenham? Because I was definitely thinking he was he was going to City. I thought that was a done deal. Like yeah. that's what everybody thought. That's what everyone thought. You know, for me, obviously, um, I want to see him win trophies as quick and as soon as possible with him uh, being 28 years old and, you know, getting up that. And he wants to go win. And it's it sucks sitting on the sidelines, seeing, like, a someone you're a huge fan of just, like, not be able to get to that point. But maybe, like you said, like Spurs, for me, still has got some good, good young talent coming up through the ranks. I, I know some of the players, Oliver Skip, Harry Winks, and also – um, I'm really hoping, I think his name's uh, Torre, and he's on Wolves. They're maybe transferring for him. That, I would love to see that. You know, that big buff dude on, on uh, Wolves. I don't know if you've ever seen him before. He's a, he's a phenomenal talent. But um, I'd lo- he was actually a former Barcelona player that moved to Wolves. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him go to the Spurs and play with uh, Son and uh, Kane up top. That would be really cool. I think they got a good team. I think that, that they got a – I don't – their, their back line always scares me. And um, I do like Doherty. He's a, he plays a left or right back. I can't remember which one at the moment. He's, a, he's actually an Irish guy. He's an unbelievable play, player and talent. And, uh, yeah, they, they could be all right. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed. As the answer to your question is I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm disappointed. I wish he went to City just because I want him to start winning. And, uh, but I digress. I mean, obviously, I would have loved for him to go to Liverpool, but it's like weird. Like you got to be a certain type of player to go to Liverpool. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a cult. I don't. Know. Kane, <laughs> like Kane doesn't. Kane doesn't fit that mold. No, I don't think so. I just he, yeah, doesn't, I he doesn't strike me as a Liverpool player. I agree. I don't. I don't see it either. No, I don't. I don't see it, and it's like it sucks because it's. I love him so much, but it's like ah, uh, yeah. I don't. He doesn't strike me as a player, and not only that, like our front three, I really like it, and. I like the way our team runs right now and with our starting 11 and the way everything functions. We've seen it work with Klopp and his, his strategy. So I like what we're doing. And Kane would completely and drastically change all that. Like he, oh, you yeah. bring him in and everything would kind of it wouldn't it wouldn't work the same, although I'm sure he would love those crosses in by uh, Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. So <laughs> oh, yeah, a, for sure. a lot of good headers, but they would change the, the scheme for sure. Because I think Bobby, what Bobby does, Bobby Firmino at in the top with Liverpool is very unique, and he doesn't complain or gripe about maybe some of the opportunities and chances he doesn't get to score as much because of the way he plays 
um, the ball back to other midfielders for shots and his distribution. He's a really an unsung hero that plays very selfless and it works in their system. And, and people always want to, oh, Bobby doesn't score enough. Bobby doesn't do this. Bobby doesn't do that. And it's, I, you really don't understand soccer and hear Klopp talk about what he does and how he sacrifices for the team. He does his job, and that's what makes Liverpool so successful is the chemistry and how everything functions there. So, um, yeah, I guess I kind of only got on Kane and Liverpool. But uh, <laughs> we can move over to the NFL if you want, unless you got any last thoughts on the EPL or, or European soccer at all. No, let's talk some NFL. All right, so I guess we got uh, the preseason, the final week of preseason. We only got three this year because, you know, we got an extra game, regular season game. And Patriots are playing against the New York Giants have been – practicing against them all week this week and today there was a close practice for the first time in training camp this year and not sure what went on there but uh was cam newton was out for a few days uh, pretty much the entire week except for he came back yesterday uh cam said he did all right but i i heard that mac jones beat him out on thursday as far as you know people taking tabs on it and mac jones had a great week and now there's just massive debate over what's going to happen, who's going to start, and Caleb, I want your raw thoughts on this. Who do you think? Who do you? Who do you think should start Week One, and who do you? Who do you want to start Week One? Two different things. Who's your personal pick, and then who do you think the Patriots will actually go with? Okay, um, my personal pick is definitely Mac Jones. Like, let's go with the young guy, and I just feel like I don't know. I feel like Cam Newton just. I haven't seen him back to the level that he was or even close to his like MVP type season and cuz that came is obviously great and amazing and can take you to a Super Bowl, right? But I just haven't seen that even last year and even in the the small sample size of the preseason or whatever, like I don't know, I just I was never a huge fan of the Cam signing in New England to begin with. Mm-hmm. And them drafting the quarterback in the first round kind of tells me that they weren't either. Like, they're looking to the future, and obviously it's not Cam Newton if you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. They're, I feel like they want to move on. Now, the question is, like, do we start Mac Jones right away, just throw him in a fire week one, or do we kind of let it, like, ease him into it and let um, Cam Newton kind of play a couple games and then you put then you put the rookie in? Um, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that you just put Mac Jones in there and see what he can do. And but I'm not sure. I think the, I honestly think the Patriots are going to start Cam Newton though. That's what I think they're going to do at the end of the day. Yeah. Which is a little unfortunate, but we'll see. I mean, Cam Newton. I think with Cam, the Patriots are a nine and eight, eight and nine team. They're like a average, borderline playoff team with Cam. With Mac Jones, I think the ceiling is probably higher. But then you could also he could also be pretty bad, you know, as a rookie, he's been through some. So Mac Jones, um, for me, I, I, I'm on the same boat as you. I feel like that he should be the starter week one, but what it's going to end up happening is Cam Newton's going to take over. And so for people who are, you know, probably not following maybe as closely as we are or hearing things from uh, the preseason games and then also the practices, and I've heard this from multiple reporters and from analysts watching the game are saying that, Cam is not getting the full offense. He's running really basic uh, plays, and Mac Jones is being pressured and running things that are more complex in the Patriots offense. I've heard this numerous times, and just for you at home 
listening to this maybe to get more insight. I mean, that's that's very telling when you hear stuff like that. It's like, all right, well, what do you do in a situation where, you know, two-minute drill at the end of the game and you can't run all the plays that your backup can run? I mean, to me, that just points and screams that the other guy's the starter, you know? Like, it, it's really disheartening that we would even consider Cam Newton being the starter at this point just because if he's your best option and Bill Belichick has always preached, you know, Whoever's the best will win the job. And maybe we could. Maybe we could get surprised and shocked. And maybe Cam might even be cut from the team. Who knows? I don't I don't know. But we'll next couple of weeks we'll find out. And we're we're sixteen, seventeen days away from the season opener. And it's gonna be really interesting. And I think both players have worked their butts off. There's no short of uh Cam uh, Cam Newton's work ethic. He's he's done amazing. All the positive things coming out of the locker room and all the things you hear that both these guys are going at it. And you know what? This is much better than last year. I, you know, this is not Stidham going to a wedding and missing, and then all of a sudden he's not going to play. And it just seems so like it, everything had to be given over to Cam and there was no competition. Like, we got a rookie in here. He's a first-round draft pick. There's a lot of expectations. Here we go. And it pushed Cam as far as he could. And maybe this kid who won the national championship last year for Alabama – Maybe he's ready to go. He was he was told to us that he was ready to go and all the draft reports and that he was he was NFL ready right off the bat. Unlike maybe Justin Fields and Trey Lance and all those guys, hey, we were told before that he was probably the most ready to go. Maybe not the most uh, athletic guy, maybe not the most, you know, you know, starstruck dude, but you know, here he is, you know, knows the playbook and he's he's running well. Uh, and you got any additional thoughts on this, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's just Cam and Mac Jones just seemed like two different type of quarterbacks as well. You know, like Cam, what used to be like a, a running running back, I don't know if he's running as much, but he's still going to do like the goal line. He's going to take it in and score like 10 rushing touchdowns or whatever. And Mac Jones is more of a in-the-pocket kind of guy. Um, so I can see why. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they probably opened up the offense a little bit more to to Mac Jones because he can – He's more of a that traditional quarterback, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting to see. I I agree though that if if he's the best quarterback, then he should be playing. That's well, I mean, our eyes are gonna tell us the truth when we see them playing week one. And if it's if it's Cam Newton and he's and he's trashed, then we're gonna be like, what the heck, Bill Belichick? <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> so, which I don't see, man. Like I I watched the throws from preseason. I'm just like, I don't understand how. Cam could be in this mix and I I just see the way the kid throws and steps into it and the way he moves in the pocket I'm just like wow I'm really impressed at how fast he's progressed and every week he's been getting better and better and I just love the way the ball comes out and I haven't you know I just think you got to go with you know what's in front of you he's ready to go just play the boy you know get him in there start him up I'm, I'm, ex- you, I'm excited for it I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to have to rely on the defense all the way to the fourth quarter and then not know if we're going to win the game. You know, like last year was torture for the first time in 20 years. And yeah, if we Max Jones can pose at least a more comparable threat than Cam Newton was. I, I heard someone yesterday say, and this is uh, I, a professional analyst. It was, I can't remember who it was, but it's just it's it's like really embarrassing that they said this. But they were like, and they were trying to defend the points of Cam from last year, which no one should because Cam was terrible. And they were like, well, he got 10 rushing touchdowns. So Mac Jones would, you know, has to be able to make up for that, like all that at the same time because Cam is this and that. I'm like, dude, 
all those goal line situations, do you understand right now, first of all, we have a really good running back core. And all those touchdowns could have been by running backs. Like those are a lot of them were not 30 yards out rushing touchdowns. There were five yards right. or less, you know, those were like yep. give me's. He, you played as a running back on the line. First game of the season. I remember you ran out to the right and we, were, we all got excited. We we're like, oh man, this is great. This, he's doing so well. First game of the season. Uh, and then you realize that's really all he could do. And he was just pretty much just a wildcat running back. That's it. And he could barely even throw the ball. And his arm does look better this year. He's made some throws, but how long does that last? You know, and I think that, that as soon as a couple noodle balls come thrown out there after, you know, a couple weeks of getting hit and the grueling NFL season, I like it's, it's like even if he doesn't go week one, it's not going to be long. I really don't think it will be long. Cam Newton's not going to play for the whole season. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I agree. Yeah. So any uh, I mean, I guess we can just move on to fantasy football and kind of knock out that. I mean, I'm looking forward to the game of the Patriots versus Giants on Sunday. I'll probably watch it. Um, but fantasy football this year, we're going into it's our third year of the Keeper League uh, with the guys we're currently playing with. And, you know, we got to some decisions to make. We got a draft coming up soon. We're going to hatch that down after everyone does the voting. It should be kind of fun. And we're going to be doing a lot more fantasy football on this podcast, which is going to be great. Um, and... Yeah, so so my roster, we were talking about it before we even started the podcast because we were getting hyped. But Christian McCaffrey, uh, James Robinson, uh, what I got, uh, Andre Hopkins, great player. Um, this year, I don't know. I, I think we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of rule changes for wide receivers to get more points, but it's still to draft high running back, the same old, same old. Your first or second pick probably should be running backs because there's not many the, the always remember people that it goes down fast the running backs go and you might not be able to find one and then somewhere in the fourth fifth or sixth round if you find that gem that running back or that's a rookie that maybe no one knows about do your research do mock drafts stuff like that you got any tips for the for the listeners and fans out there project sports yeah i think you nailed it it's usually running back is a Scarce commodity in fo- in NF- in uh, fantasy football, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know, 10, 15 players that are viable weekly starters. Maybe a couple more, maybe like 20. And, yeah, and they, they also get injured a mm-hmm. lot as well. So there's that added on top. So you would definitely want to get your running backs early for the most part. Um, there's other, other people do different strategies where they'll, they'll draft quarterback, uh, running backs later which that could work for you, I guess. But for the most part, it's running back early, and there's a lot more wide receivers to choose from. So those are the kind of the, the skill positions that uh, you want to focus on for the most part. So are you out for revenge this year, trying to win back, you know, going to the championship and losing to Mike? Are you, are you coming back strong? Are you going to win this thing this year? You think you got a good chance with the core you're coming back with your keepers and um, yeah. an extra NFL season, which is extended the, our league a little uh, game extra as well it's actually uh, kind of cool but uh yeah f- definitely i definitely consider myself a contender to win i was i won the first year i came in second place the second year so i'm definitely in there um i can already tell you two of my keepers are going to be Devonte adams and jonathan taylor which i'm excited about those two guys and we'll see if i if i pick a third or not and yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna be in the mix for sure. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I was in the top four last year. I, I feel like I'm gonna be in the mix again. I got Christian McCaffrey, John Hopkins, and then 
Um, also, Saquon, I might keep him, may or may not, depending on his, uh, his, his status. And hopefully he'll be able to play Sunday against the Patriots, and I'll see him play, see, see what he's got, and read some reports on him, kind of decide, you know, same like you, if I'm going to keep a third or drop a third. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun year. I, I think that uh, going forward, I think this is probably going to be an amazing NFL season because we got the, probably maybe the fan, fans back with, uh, you know, people getting vaccinated and they're letting, you know, fans into the stadiums this year. It should be more intense, more fun, and maybe not, you know, some of that weirdness that we had last year and focus more on the NFL and just having a blast. I think that we all, we all need it. Fantasy football is such a fun, fun thing to play, and... I'm excited for it. And uh, I think that, you know, what do you think of some of the quarterbacks that, like, maybe that we'll talk about the uh, quarterback carousel and who maybe who we should trust and who we shouldn't trust as far as, like, new guys coming in. So, like, Matthew Stafford going to the L.A. Rams or um, Dak Prescott coming back from an injury. And what, who the other uh, – so the kid who was traded for – top of my head, what is his name? He was traded for Matthew Stafford to go to Detroit – um, uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. And then, you know, how do the Seahaw- Seahawks look this year with, you know, Russell Wilson staying and then all, and then Aaron Rodgers? Who's going to probably be the breakout guy that we're saying that's going to have? Because there's a lot of uncertainty around the league. Don't you agree? Like, there's not, like, there's not some staples. Like, even the Steelers, like, Ben is getting older. You don't really know what's happening there. There's, there's a lot of things. It's like primed again for Brady to win. Let's I'm, put it that way. For the most stability, I think, in the league is the Buccaneers. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of young QBs. You got any thoughts to who's going to be that breakout QB for fantasy or in the league in general? I mean, I mean the two quarterbacks, I guess, for fantasy, you definitely got Mahomes up there. He's, he's going to be a, a big... He's a staple, As far as too. fantasy goes, yeah, he's yeah. a staple. But then the other, the other two guys that I'm definitely looking at are Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. I think those two guys are going to be, for fantasy, like top five because they can do it both through the air and with their legs. They can run and get some rushing touchdowns, some rushing yards at the same time, which is huge in fantasy. That Like the quarterback, you can have a quarterback who's not that good but is amazing at fantasy because he can run and have some rushing yards and score touchdowns that way, which just changes the game for, for fantasy. So true. Um, you know, like someone like um, like Jalen Hurts for Philly, he's he's pretty good. He's solid, but it for fantasy, like if he's um, running the ball like we think he will be, then he's he could be like potentially a top five quarterback if he's getting the the rushing yards and t- touchdowns that way as well. Ooh, I like that pick. Okay. As yeah, as an example, and then the other player that I'm like. Really, really interested to see what happens is Trey Lance. If if um, they're kind of in the same boat as uh, the Patriots at a different level with um, Jimmy Garoppolo there, and they picked Trey Lance third overall, and they traded some draft picks to get him. So like like they really went after him. So I'll be kind of surprised if they don't hand him over the team to be the starter like early on in the season as well. And he's supposed to be a crazy. Um, you know, like rusher and has a crazy arm as well, like a Patrick Mahomes type arm is what I'm hearing. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm excited to see if he gets the that playing whole, time. That whole situation is weird in San Francisco. And it's like Jimmy G and then this kid, Trey Lance, they throw the kitchen sink, get the draft picks, get this guy. But this kid literally has played two games in the last two years. 
and he's going into the NFL to play a game. And I'll say, I'm not doubting his talent, just the experience and the most, like, you haven't played the game much, you know? I mean, that's a, that's a long time. And then to go into the NFL and start playing, I, I, he could be a great, he could be amazing, you know what I mean? But that's a lot to mortgage the future on, you know? That's, it takes some balls. You, you, they, they maybe have good intel, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Not everyone could be winners. Someone's going to be a bust here out of Trevor Lawrence, out of Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, which you know people think just because it's the Jets that Jack, uh, Zach Wilson will be, but we'll see. Everybody's, everybody's writing off Zach Wilson for yeah, some reason. They are. I don't get it. I don't get it <laughs> but either. We'll see. Because we know for a fact he's the starter. Like that's without a doubt, mm-hmm. he's going to be the starting quarterback. Even even Trevor Lawrence. Not many people are talking about him, and he's just he's going to be the starter week one. No, they're calling them Jacksonville, the boring Jaguars. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like you shouldn't sleep on these guys. But I mean, even Peyton Manning had a really he struggled his first season in the NFL. But times are have changed a lot. So who knows, man? Right. He could light the league on fire. I mean, yeah, I think I think the rookies are. Expected to do a little bit more, especially because, especially last year when you had um, Justin Herbert, just lit it up last year. I was really yeah. impressed by his play, and even even Joe Burrow before he got hurt was playing really well. Yeah, the com- so the, it's like it's so competitive right now in the league, and you could your team could easily lose. Like we always say, the college kids that are coming in, then they they won all their life, right? Like Trevor Lawrence, he's he's won pretty much his entire life. And then that first season was just like Joe Burrow's too. You, he won a lot, and he, he experienced his first year of <laughs> losing a lot in the NFL, even though he played well. And then he got yeah. hurt. And then the same thing could happen to, you know, Trevor Lawrence. It's not about being the best player on your team anymore. It's about being the best team in the NFL. And it's it's a much different world. What do you think about Lamar Jackson coming into the season? You think he's going to have a good year? Yeah, I think so. I think he's last year. I know this because I had him on one of my fantasy teams and. He was pretty bad to start off the season. He was not doing well. Like it wasn't the MVP of the of the year prior, and it's actually funny because I I was getting a little bit fed up and I actually ended up trading him. And of course, after I traded him, he started lighting it up. So I think he he finished the season pretty strong. So I'm thinking he could you know pick up where he left off and kind of get back. Maybe not back to that MVP level. I think that might be. I don't, I'm not sure because teams kind of figured him out a little bit. So it's kind of, it's kind of going to be. Can he make the throws that he hasn't been able to make in a, in the past? You know, like can mm-hmm. he improve his accuracy and as a as you know a pure quarterback? I guess everybody knows he can run and let it up and yep. you know like get get some like he can run faster than than the cornerbacks and safeties can't catch him. But can he make the throws? I guess is the big the main question. Big question. And, this is why yeah, we'll see. This is why I don't I don't know I don't understand all this with the. All the media, they it, everything I listen to, oh, they want the running quarterback, this and that. And don't get me wrong, like Lamar Jackson, I love him. He's a great player. He's fun to watch. Um, but I'm with you too, like on this. It's like it's he got he got found out, and they they know how to stop him schematically, and they've come up with plans. And you have to make those throws. And in the NFL, I don't know what's going to get through all these people's thick heads when you know the same dude who sits in the pocket year after year and won a championship last year in Tom Brady. He does the same thing over and over and wins. So, like, why are, why, why are we trying to push push these just running quarterbacks? Like, even even Patrick Mahomes, for me, is, like, ama- like you know, he, th- he makes all the right throws. Like, you want you want to, like, the archetype of no one's going to be Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be a different variation of him. Like, no, like he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. 
Like, don't try to mirror a worse version of Patrick Mahomes. You're not. It's not going to happen. Him and him and Russell Wilson know when to throw and when to run. Aaron Rodgers knows when to throw, when to run. But they're all great pocket QBs. Like, why do we say that running QBs are the new thing constantly over and over again when we know that the guys who stay in the NFL long-term are all pocket QBs that can all make the throws in quick decision-making and run, run offenses? Like, why are we trying to convince ourselves that? <laughs> I just don't, I don't get yeah. it. I, year uh, after year, I do not understand why this big narrative of running QB, QBs gets brought up. Well, I, I mean, I think, like, Lamar Jackson's a good example. We see him come into the league, and he just lights it up. Like, his, um, I don't know if it was his second or third year when he was that, when he won the MVP, but mm-hmm. he literally, like, lit up the league that year, and no one could stop him. And he he rushed for over 1,000 yards, I believe. Um, Might have broke the record. Probably, have, probably held by Michael Vick. I, I don't know for sure, but, like, you get kind of that instant gratification where you see him running, and it's, you know, it's electric, and defenses can't stop him, but I don't know if it's if it's meant to last, you know? It's like mm-hmm. in the long term, eventually teams figure you out and and then you gotta you gotta like be a quarterback and throw the ball, I guess. Yeah. Is what it boils out to. And but if you have a player like Lamar Jackson who can run as fast as he can and um, basically like a running back out there, but can also make the throws, then you have like the ultimate weapon. And I mean, I Patrick think that's Mahomes. what that's what people. Yeah, exactly. Patrick Mahomes. But even then, like like Patrick Mahomes is not the runner that Lamar Jackson is not even close, I think. And if you can get like an elite runner and thrower at the same time, I think that's what they're going for. And I mean, you just have, the, like I said, the ultimate weapon. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the closest thing we've seen to that. I don't know. I think that's why people are trying to get that next running quarterback, because I think it opens up so much more and defenses have to plan like. 10 times more probably to try to stop you. And I don't know. That's what I think just coaches just feel like they can, they can, you know, coach that player and, and teach that player, I guess, to be that ultimate weapon of a, like a Lamar Jackson. Think of a, a Lamar Jackson mixed with a Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or something. That's, I don't know. I just, I don't, we've never seen it happen. So I think they're still trying to find that yeah, guy. They're trying to find that guy, but. And Mahomes is the closest thing we've seen, and I don't know if we're going to get any better than that. No, and I mean, but as time goes on, even Mahomes is going to slow down. I mean, if you're projecting five to six years of, of that solid stuff, but five or six years in the NFL, you better be able to throw in the pocket, and that's what Mahomes can do. And he still can be mobile within that as well, like the way he paces his runs throughout the game. I mean, that's just – if you're looking like – if you're looking to win in three or four years, right – Someone like Lamar Jackson you bring in, that's great. You know, he, he's going to be there, and maybe you can go for a Super Bowl. you got a great roster, and you want to bring in someone like that. I think that's good. That's a smart move. You should. And then you know that it's not going to be a 10-year thing, right? So you have to be prepared to draft running back again. But, I mean, sorry, a quarterback. But I don't know. I don't know. I think looking for that player is – it's hard because I think at the end of the day, if you can run the offense and have a good defense, it's a more productive way to do it. And we've seen it over and over again with the Patriots, with the, you know, we've seen the top guys in the last 20 years, regardless, all the same. It's, it's Peyton, it's Ben, it's Tom, it's, you know, Russell Wilson, it's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Those are the only guys that win in the last, you know, and then Patrick Mahomes now. 
And the one thing that they all have in common is they can sit in the pocket and they can read defenses. They do the basics well. Running is just like a second thing in my mind of like, it's a compliment and it can only take you so far. It's how I always view it. But like the conversation on you know national media is always running backs or running quarterbacks are like the new thing. And it's like, and they can position the game all they want, but I still see the same thing I did 15, 20 years ago. I like, you, you see the quarterbacks that step up in the pocket after they, they, they do their drop back, they move to left, move to the right, step up into the pocket, make the throw, and you're like, wow. You know, Patch Mahomes does it beautifully. We see it over and over again. That's like one of his best things is to stay calm and know what your play is and stick to it. And, and the best part, see that, that it's so underrated, that type of play, because Patrick Mahomes can run from that point, too, and make that throw, whereas some only running quarterbacks can only make that run, correct? And that's how they get found out. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, when, when a play breaks down and your first read is, you know, double covered or something, and your second read, your player, I don't know, you're, it's just not working out. Like, the running quarterbacks can, they can get out of that situation a lot of times. Mm-hmm. They can break free and, you know, get a 15-yard run. Where if that's Brady, he's either throwing it away or he's getting sacked probably. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, I hear you though. Like, it hasn't been proven yet that those that type of quarterback is where that can win championships at the end of the day. I guess. Yeah. That's what it boils down to, right? That's what it boils down to. Yeah. Is winning championships. We haven't seen it. Like putting butts in seats. Absolutely. Right. Oh, for yeah. it, I'd be I'd be with that that um, that train of thought. Putting butts in seats and getting people excited for the season, of course, you know, selling tickets. But as far as Super Bowl contenders, we we really haven't seen any consistency with it, and I think it's a it's a farce at this point. It's not something you could actually say that it works because I, yeah. anytime that someone wins, it's because of great throws, you know, and great sure. game planning and great defenses. So, and I hate I hate the Ravens. They're one of the teams I hate the most, but. I will definitely be rooting for like Lamar Jackson to kind of prove people wrong because I, I love watching him play. It's yeah, he's one, he's of, the, one of those. He's, he's one of those like you got to see this guy play. If yeah, he's on. Absolutely, you got to see him go. It's like in the early two thousands. I always say that those on a Sunday, you just show up to watch running backs because running backs like, were were cooler right. to watch back then. And it's like oh, I want to watch Priest Holmes, or I want to watch Brian Westbrook or. Like man, I like I wasn't a fan of those teams, but I had to watch them play. Right. And like, uh, Michael Michael Vick, Michael you couldn't Vick. miss. Yeah, you <laughs> couldn't make my. See, Vick. you know, someone shake him out of his boots with the Falcons, just like killing him. You know, watch the Falcons versus the Panthers and watch him kill him. It's just, yeah, w- those games for sure. And watching single players, yeah, Lamar definitely brings that to the table. And yeah, I, I do too. I hope he proves people wrong because he has shown glimpses that he can do it. I don't know what else is holding it back. But we've seen him make great throws. It's just not as consistent as we want, and the numbers aren't there, but it could get there. So I hope he does too. I think he's a very driven individual. And that's that's kind of where I do have hope in Lamar is he's not like RG3, for example. He's on a different level leadership-wise, and he's on a different level, I don't know, like everything, his whole persona. Like he wants to win. Like the way he carries himself is very, very different. I'd say the greatest example outside of Michael Vick, because Michael Vick made a lot of great throws, is probably Cam Newton was the only running quarterback first that I've ever seen that was quite successful and went to a Super Bowl. He lost, right. got his butt whooped, but he's probably the only one. And, and there's been a lot of mimicking after that, like Kaepernick, you know, was 
decently successful for a short amount of time with his running abilities as well. Yeah, a lot of those quarterbacks also have are more prone to injury too because you know they're running, they're getting hit. Yes, like Cam got hurt, Kaepernick got hurt. Which is another reason why you I don't know, think like, it's viable. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not like at the end of the day, I don't think it's meant to last. You, like you said, it maybe like short term, three five years, and then you're probably looking for that next guy. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> looking for that next guy. Unfortunately, but but we, it, could, we, it could work. I could I could see it working. I, I just it has to be the right the right time. It almost has a few times. We almost seen it with Lamar and Cam. So can't say it's not out of the question. Just maybe not not uh, full stretch. We'll put it that. Def- definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, I think we're gonna wrap this up. We're uh, forty nine minutes deep, and it's been eventful. And I think we're gonna have more episodes coming out soon. Um, yeah. NFL fantasy football starting soon. I am excited, Caleb. I can't wait for this. I cannot wait. I'm counting down the days for NFL season to start for sure. Absolutely. And safe moon to the moon. We got the wallet coming out tomorrow, and I can't wait. And I'm going to say it. Hopefully, Nick will listen to this and get a little frustrated with me. I can't wait. (laughs) But uh, thanks, guys, for listening to the show. You can find me on Facebook, Project Sports Pod on the Instagram and just Project Sports on Facebook. And you can find me on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, I will be there at Project Sports. Thanks, guys. Take care.